One, two, three, four. I think we're ready for a show. Let's go. Can we hear it? Can we, are, are we here? I think so. All right. Should we talk about running backs? Running backs? That sounds like a great position. That's an important one. You know who my number one guy off the board is? Who? CMC. CMC. Well, I know. What a wild take. The most talented running back ever. Not even a wild take. Right. Everyone's just worried about the man's injuries. And it's like he's 40 years old, but he's 26. Ah, injuries, smidgeries, you know. It, it, CMC. You got to be bodacious if you want to win fantasy championships. You're not going to win fantasy championships going for the safest picks at every round. So if you're going to go with a running back, and I'm not even going to make it a big deal. I don't want to talk about it all day. It's got to be Christian McCaffrey, number one. Christian McCaffrey is no doubt the highest ceiling running back out there. Highest ceiling player. Now, who is the safest running back? Jonathan Taylor. Jonathan Taylor, 100% is. He's going to get every carry. Naeem Hines is going to have an impact in the offense, but he's not going to take anything away from Jonathan Taylor and his, you know, is he going to get 20 touchdowns again? Probably not. And I'm not saying the Colts offense is just magically going to turn into a passing offense when I say this. They're definitely going to favor it a little bit more than they did last year, but that's not going to take away from what Jonathan Taylor is going to be capable of. He's He set like an NFL record for red zone touches last year. That's going to come down. But he is still going to be the efficient monster that he was. Efficient is the key word there because that's what you really do want in a RB1 is consistency because that's – you know, and especially consistency at a high level. That's what you're going to need down the stretch. Consistently efficient. Now my number three running back, Alvin Kamara. Alvin Kamara is a top take because of the fact that he is way higher up on the list than maybe he would have been a month ago. Yeah, well, a month ago we all thought he was going to miss six games. Six games? And it doesn't even seem like that would have been too bad and wouldn't have held him back from dropping too low in the draft. But if you... If you get rid of those suspension all together, he's back up the top of the board, baby. Absolutely. And an offense where he has no competition. Mark Ingram is not there to steal work away from him. He's only there to spell him when he needs a rest. And we'll really see what he looks like with Jameis Winston. I think a healthy year for him could make Kamara better. They got some receiving targets. He's never going to be that guy who's going to get 81 catches in a season, 800 yards receiving, 800 yards rushing. I don't think he's going to do that again. He's going to lean much more on the running game, but he's still a super talented back. Now, when we're talking number four, this guy is absolutely going to lean on the rushing game. He's not going to catch very many passes. He was actually on pace for a career high last year in receptions. But Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry. And I don't know how someone can argue him being lower than this. He can't be lower than this. He – he would, you know, of course, barring injury, he was absolutely a shattered the rushing record. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he was averaging 25 fantasy points a game last year. The next two and three were McCaffrey and Taylor, who averaged 20 and 21. Yeah, Derrick Henry, while he is, like you said, he's improved a little bit in the passing game. He's still, at the, he's an uphill They runner. don't even want to use him that way. They don't need to. They don't want to. He is an anomaly of a player because there's nothing you can do about him. If he's healthy, he's going to be a stud. If, you're, if he's healthy the whole year, don't try to get in his face because he's going to shove you out the way. And definitely don't try to overthink it. When it comes to Derrick Henry, this is a guy you know what you're going to get out of him. And the Derrick Henry experience, I've personally never wrote. I've never been on the train. I've never had him on a fantasy team. 
but I know from being beat by him multiple times, it's probably a good feeling. Yeah, I had him last year, and I was loving him at first, and as you can imagine. I mean, you would take the most dominant running back in the game for eight weeks and be happy. You just wish that it was the last eight weeks and not the first eight weeks. Yes, 100%. Now, this guy was very consistent last year, and I have him a little bit lower than consensus solely because I don't think he's getting 20 touchdowns again, just like Jonathan Taylor did last year, but that's Austin Eckler. Yeah, and I love Austin Eckler. He's always been high on my boards, and I think he doesn't get nearly enough credit, especially on the fantasy side of the game. Mm -hmm. What he can do for your team as a guy that you're not going to take top five on a typical basis, but he could go. Get, he could go top three. If you could. took him at three, I wouldn't be upset with you, but I think you have wide receivers with better upside. He's one of the few players I've seen very mixed reviews on. When every mock I've done, I don't think I've seen him go the same like same pick twice. He's either been a top three or he's been a top 10, but no specific pick number in between. But when it comes to Eckler, I'm really not even worried about someone coming in and taking some of his usage away, whether it's Isaiah Spiller or somehow Larry Roundtree or I can't even remember the other guy's name. Josh Kelly. Josh Kelly. If those guys somehow just, uh, think of the – think of a way to steal some snaps from Austin Eckler, I'll be shocked because that's not happening. But I also don't think he's going to – every one of his touchdowns was in the red zone last year. I don't see that happening again. I don't see that being the same because I also think he's a little bit more explosive. I don't think all of his touchdowns are going to be like that. He's also not going to be the true focal point of that offense. I think they're going to definitely lean on the passing game, which will unfortunately mean more targets to the you know the big guys out Mike, outside. Mike Williams is going to have a big year. Keenan Allen is going to do Keenan Allen stuff. And if Austin Eckler can somehow get 16 touchdowns this year, he will be a beautiful pick at anywhere from three to six. Yeah, I want him on my team. That's one of the few guys I think I truly am targeting, and especially where if you pick near the end of the first round – if he's there and you're anywhere from 8 to 10 or 8 to 12 in that range, you take him, I think, this, over a lot of this other This is guys. one of the first – this is my first player on the list when it comes to Austin Eckler, where for me it's not exactly talent-based. I like Alvin Kamara at number three because that's a guy who is slippery. He knows how to score. He's scary. He had six touchdowns in a game. Don't forget about that. Exactly. That's all you got to say. Now my next guy on the list is going to be Dalvin Cook. Now would I prefer Dalvin Cook to be wearing the mechanism on his arm – after another shoulder injury and he gets 200 yards, yeah, that's the best version of Dalvin Cook. The only reason he's lower on my list, I know, you know, he knows. He's going to miss three games this year. He is. And guess what? You know, I think it's a testament there. You know, you, you talk about – He's tough, little, yeah. The, the gadgets that he'll walk on the field with, you know, if he is wearing that, it's almost like that kind of Kyrie Irving, LeBron mask type oh, of thing. Oh, God. There's always that superstition around him. He turns into a superhero. And, and he by far lived up to it. And I think I he had, had 200 it. yards on, uh, on yeah. your team, right? On the it was, Steelers it was a rough year? night to watch, yeah. and I stayed watching it hoping, man, my, my week of fantasy was over before the halftime. Absolutely. When it comes to uh, – Dalvin Cook this year in the new offense, he's probably going to have an uptick in receiving, which we know that he can do. I mean, he has never reached his full potential in terms of targets, market share in that department. If he could stay healthy and bounce back, get some of those touchdowns, because he had a horrible touchdown percentage last year. I mean, he's usually a guy who's going to get you 15 touchdowns in a season. I think last year he had six total. Mm -hmm. This is the kind of guy who could go out there and get us 12 touchdowns, 55 receptions, 1,200 yards, 500 yards on the uh, receiving end and be a top three guy. But I just can't live through 
every single week, I'm injured. Oh, I'm not going to play this week. Are, are oh, I'll play next week, but I'm injured. Over under 12 touchdowns. I'm I'm going to bet the under, but the 12 is a good number in my eyes because he could very easily – he's been on my fantasy team before when he had 15 touchdowns. I think it says more about Justin Jefferson as a, as a wide receiver, and then you talk about Adam Thielen being a little bit more healthy this year. Not you're, saying you're not going to have Mike it. Zimmer anymore. Mike Zimmer is the one that was running the ball into the dirt with uh, Dalvin Cook. Yeah, and that also leads you to question. You know, we love Dalvin Cook, even even with him being a little bit lower this year. But also, you still, you know, I think want as a handcuff Alexander Madison. I think he's going to be quality just because that offense is very good with running backs. He's great when he gets opportunity. He's great, but yeah. Dalvin Cook slipped a little bit this year, so I understand why he's a little bit lower for you. I like a guy like Joe Mixon just a little bit more in terms of consistency, but not upside. That's why I got Joe Mixon next on my list. And you know, Joe Mixon for me is kind of similar to how you feel about Dalvin Cook. I know he's going to miss that two to four games and that kind of measurement, but when he's healthy and when he's doing his thing, you know, it's hard to argue a lot of guys higher than him. I don't think Joe Mixon is the most talented back at all. I really, you know, he's solely opportunity based and he's in a great offense. It's going to score a few times. He's they're a slow offense. That's my only issue with Joe. If Joe Mixon, I mean, put any of these other running backs on the team and I'm going to feel the same way. It's not a talent thing. It really is a Zach Taylor thing. I don't think he's a very good coach. I think he plays way too conservative, way too slow. And he's ca- he's capping the upside of some of these guys. I think it's also a fact they're an AFC North team. They're they're a very gritty division, and that's kind of gag me. And the Bengals are one of those teams. I think in a lot of, in all honesty, is probably the most explosive team in that division. I don't think there's a ton of argument there outside of Lamar, but I do love their offense overall. And I think Joe Mixon will. I think he'll stay consistent and thrive. Is he going to be higher than you know as far as a fantasy draft standpoint, higher than a you know? second round pick he could he's probably going to be in the back of the first beginning of the second but you know who else is going to be there who i am more tempted to take saquon barkley that's my number eight guy i love saquon this year and you've talked it up to me i think a little bit i've been about it since last season since he twisted his ankle that weird anomaly injury i remember trading for him and or trying to trade for him in every league that i was in and successfully trading for him in a dynasty league thank god but I was trying to get him as soon as I saw that happen because you see a weird freak injury like a guy backing up and stepping on another guy's foot and everyone is freaking out, oh, he's injury prone. No, that was an accident. That's a basketball injury. A guy got on a football field, his swelled up like a mango in his, in his ankle for a month, and he came back and was playing with not even Daniel Jones. Who was he playing with? The guy with Mike Glennon, the guy with the neck. Mm. I mean, what did we expect? Of course he was terrible last year. And, you know, freak injuries are not – Saquon, being that he is a younger man, you know, he... A is young prototype athlete. Absolute monster thighs. You know, he's he's going to he's gonna at least make the effort to come back. And, you know, injuries happen. It's part of the game. It's how you bounce back. And I think Saquon, like, last year was a test for him. I think him coming back and him playing the amount of games, he looked good. I think he warranted his He had a few slip. really good games. He had, in my eyes, three good games last year. I think it warranted his you know, original draft stock going into this season being as low as it is, but now we've a, seen him. There was a point in time this guy was a fourth-round pick. How disrespectful. Extremely. But now there's no doubt about it. He's you know definite first, second round. I think if he's there in a 12-man league, 
if he's there at the 10th, 11th, I say go for it because I like his upside a lot higher than the guys like we mentioned a couple. Like, I agree with the Joe Mixon take. I think he's more valuable. Saquon at number eight is going to get number eight on my list. He's going to get a full workload. No question about it. That's why he's above the guy I got at number nine. That's Aaron Jones. He's split in time, and I think he might even, you know, nine for me is a, it's a perfect spot for Aaron Jones because he's not too high because I definitely wouldn't consider him over any of the other eight because all those top eight guys are getting a full workload. And then I can't really drop him any lower because I think he's going to have more touchdown upside than a guy like Zeke. He's going to have more receiving upside and explosive upside over guys like Najee, Leonard, and, you know, the only other guy in consideration is DeAndre Swift, and that's another guy who's splitting time. Right. But at the end of the day, the argument with splitting time, I think it impacts the Packers offense a little bit more. I think they we would see Aaron Jones be that guy, I think, a little bit more so this year. AJ Dillon's is definitely the guy you hand you you're gonna hand the ball off to him versus playing the passing. But AJ Dillon might get more carries than Aaron Jones this year. But then on the contrary, we've heard a lot more improvement in the passing game for Aaron or AJ Dillon, excuse me. If they both caught fifty passes, we'd love them both. But that's not the name of the game, is it? We want the best player. Absolutely. Well, maybe they'll hurt each other. Maybe they're going to use Aaron Jones more as a wide receiver. There's just so many question marks around it that I feel like nine's a good spot. And I already mentioned him, but my number 10 guy is DeAndre Swift. Yeah, and that, DeAndre Swift's another guy. You know, I think the argument of splitting carries, don't look for that to be a major factor this year. We know what he did last year with splitting the same amount of carries with Jamal Williams. Top seven. It, it shouldn't change. And I don't see why that should be any deterrent. It should improve. The only concern I truly have, and with all of these top 10 guys, guys, listen to us. We're nitpicking. Obviously, every one of these guys was phenomenal. That's why they're being picked in the top 10. That's why we have ranked them in our top 10. The only issue I have with a guy like Swift is he's not as natural a runner as some of these other guys above him. He's much better as a receiver out in space. Give him a lane, north and south. You know, he can, he can do the east and west stuff. But the only real good game he's had as a true running back, and I know we already crapped on your team before, but the Steelers. Yeah. He went 33 for 130 against the Steelers. He never had more than 20 carries in any other game. From what I – I mean, has he? Not that I can remember. And, you know, he's another guy I think you're going to want him on your team. I think if you could find somehow a pairing, if you're maybe near that – say you're the eighth, ninth pick in a 10-man or if you're the 11th pick. If you somehow lucked into getting Austin Eckler in that first round – and by some grace of God, you get DeAndre Swift in the second. Yeah, on DeAndre that Swift has never had a game besides Ooh. one above 16 carries, and that was week 10 as a rookie. And then he had 15 later on in the season, and then last year 14 was his high outside of that one game. But I think it, it also speaks, when we talk about splitting carries, I think when you have a guy, I, and it's hard to argue DeAndre Swift not being at least a little bit injury prone, I think the splitting they, Every carries. one of them is injury prone. That's yeah. my biggest thing. Every running back is. Yeah. Swift has a lot more explosive upside. I don't know. Last year, the thing that makes me kind of tentative about a Lions running back getting injured is when they said he was going to be back and they gave him like four touches. That was really upsetting. That screwed a lot of people over. It did. And you, from a fantasy standpoint, you if you hear the news that a guy like DeAndre Swift's healthy and playing, you're going to take the bait and you're going to start him. You can't really predict that, and I know that's it's really shitty. But <laughs> who's your who's your dark horse top ten running back who we haven't talked about? Who's a little bit lower on the list, and you think they could come up? I'll tell you who my guy is, and then I'll give you a minute to think of yours. But my guy, Javante Williams. Javante, and that's not even a bad take at all. 
I mean, as of right now, I have him at 11 or 12. I kind of go back and forth on that. It depends on Leonard Fournette's health. If Leonard Fournette is going to be there with Tom Brady, he's going to be healthy. If he doesn't have Tom Brady, Leonard Fournette's not going to be very good at all. Leonard Fournette's not going to be a draftable running back without Tom Brady. And for me, you know, I, I look at the list, and a guy that really stuck out to me, and we've talked about him before, it's Chase Edmonds. I like him as a dark horse finisher because I truly believe that he'll get if, the volume. If everything works out right and he get, and he does get that volume, we do see a lot of potential, a very high ceiling for him. You know, he doesn't have an injury history that we are no. too concerned about. Mm-mm. So there's He's no still reason. Young. He and, doesn't have very many carries in his career, really. And you're talking about a guy who's going to be the forefront of the Miami rushing offense, and he's a guy that you can get in most fantasy leagues, nine or not nine, excuse me, 10 or 12 teams, mm-hmm. you're going to get him the majority of the time. At over least the past eight. the seventh or eighth round. Yeah. I've seen him go as low as 11th round. That's crazy. And I'm thinking the value that he's going to have, there's pe- I saw people taking Ramondre Stevenson over him. And I'm thinking that's crazy. I get that to an extent. If you're looking, if you already are stronger at running back, let's say you have two really good running back one and twos. I would rather have somebody like Ramondre who could be a high upside backup. But if I need somebody who's going to stabilize the position, I'm going to go with Chase Edmonds too. And I, I like that a lot. I like that pick. I, I don't see Chase Edmonds being, you know, falling off the list. I only see him climbing. Or he'll be exactly where he is, and it'll be a mediocre running back. And then they're going to have three non-valuable running backs in Miami. But knowing that this guy, McDaniel, is from the San Francisco Shanahan brain trust, I have to imagine Chase yeah. Edmonds is going to be used. He was sought after. A lot of teams wanted him. A very prioritized running back, and Miami went after him right away. That just shows you their commitment to him. I think they know what they got in him. I don't even want to talk about him anymore because I don't want anyone to start reaching up and taking him away because he's just the best value in his, any round that you find him in at the end of uh, the running back dead zone because you could hardly even call it the running back dead zone. He's past that. Who are right? you avoiding in the draft? What running back am I avoiding? At all costs, I'm going to avoid Cam Akers. He looked awful. I mean, terrible last year when he came back after that Achilles, just like anybody would have predicted. But why did he get 20 carries a game? Well, ne- I'll never understand. They won the Super Bowl, so maybe in a way it's going to make it to where uh, Sean McVay will be convinced that that's something he needs to stick with is giving Cam Akers the ball. But my personal belief, him and James Robinson, never going to be the players that they were before. Who's your guy? I'm going to go with Devin Singletary, and that's not a huge shocker there. The Buffalo Bills never prioritize a rushing offense out of Josh Allen. They are primarily a passing team, and then, like I said, if they're going to run it, they're going to just let Josh Allen do his thing. Yeah, he's going to get those 10-yard-and-in quarterback draws. And I think James Cook is the better running back. I think he's better. I think we'll see soon enough that he's the better running back. But for now, Devin Singletary's there. I don't think he's – better for uh the overall nfl he'll probably be better for fantasy and it'll be a bad situation for both because both of them are going to continue to split time this is not a team that's going to worry about running the ball more than passing they ran the ball less than any team in the nfl the last two years but have they had a guy that's really made them have to do that they've had some stretches out of singletary that were super impressive but the fact that they went out and drafted james cook means that that he, that didn't impress them enough. I mean, we talk about a little stretch. We had Zach Moss on a little stretch, too, and, and where is he? Zach Moss just terrible at football. 
So that's not, not a huge list to go off of. Let's so. not even finish this episode talking about Zach Moss. Let's, let's just, not. Let's talk about wide receivers, but that'll be for another time. I'm going to go ahead and put an end to this, and we will see you guys soon. Tune in.